Hi everyone, and welcome to the ADSR Inspirations Podcast. My name is James Mallion. I'm your host as I introduce you to inspirational and artful souls from all over the world. I'm deeply interested in music, film, the arts, achieving goals, overcoming struggles, and big ideas. So join me as we uncover some life lessons and knowledge. We're based out of Tokyo, Japan, and we'll be speaking with people from all over the world, ranging from artists, musicians, creatives, leaders, big thinkers, and those who strive to do and be great. Thanks for listening along. Now let's get inspired. Welcome again to ADSR Inspirations, and we've got a really amazing guest today, originally from Australia. Donna Burke has been in Japan for over 25 years now, and she has done and achieved some great things. She's a self-described cat lover, singer, and actor. She's had major voice acting and singing roles on immensely popular video games and animation,、um, Metal Gear Solid, Final Fantasy, and Tokyo Ghoul, just to name a few.、Um, she's the voice of the Tokaido Shinkansen. She sings in a jazz band, started her own record label, and started a heat pad company, and I'm sure much, much more. So I'm super excited. To have a chat and hear what she has to say on a variety of topics related to art, inspiration, and really life in general. So please welcome to the show Donna Burke. Thank you so much for the lovely welcome, James. <laughs> Thank you for、uh, all your listeners. Cheers! Yeah, thanks for thanks for the interview. So let's、uh, let's dive in a little bit here. So maybe for people who don't really know your history so much.、Um, Let's start. Let's start maybe back in Australia, back in back、mm. in Perth, right? So,、yeah. was there was there a time? Was it in Australia that you kind of knew you wanted to be an artist as a career? Were you kind of always into music and singing? I was, and、uh, of course, I, I, you just think everyone doesn't everyone dream to be a famous singer and actress one day? Sure. <laughs> But.、Uh, um, I sort of kept my dreams very、uh, to myself because I was, in a, in, a, in a sense, I was ashamed of them. It's like, how is this ever going to happen? And、um, so,、uh, yeah, I, I've always loved singing and acting and talking in silly voices. Sure, sure.、Um, so, did you do much of that in Australia then, or did the majority of the work start coming after you moved to Japan? Oh, okay. So. I only ever sang at weddings and funerals in Perth. I was in a Celtic band、um, a couple of years before I left in 1995 with my brother-in-law, and and I sang at church a lot. And so I didn't. So I semi-professional, but when I came to Japan in 1996, almost immediately I started. Um, earning money from singing, and then by '97 that was my main job, and I、sure. had to. Unfortunately, fortunately, I was able to give up teaching, and I sort of didn't look back. Sure, yeah, I guess that's the dream for a lot of people, right?、Um, totally, and、uh, I, it, it came true. But instead of New York or London or LA, it came true in Tokyo. Right.、Um, was that something that you kind of like? Envisioned when you came over to Japan, no. like right.、Um, well, actually, I did have a. 
I didn't. I knew that there was demand for singers, and um, I remember one girl telling me, "Oh, Donna, you should go to Japan because you know you you can sing." And I got jobs singing. And I can't even sing. And I remember, like, like how is that even possible? But I think she was the cover band during the bubble. She was a cover singer, and and maybe she was even miming. And people didn't care if she was all you know just performing. And um, yeah, that was a that stuck in my head, and as soon as I found out that there was voice acting work here, then I started to cautiously think, "Wow, maybe I can get that sort of work." And and then I did, and it was just it really is, has been a dream come true. Sure. Um. So, what was that process like? Kind of transitioning. So I'm sure um it was a lot of what like freelance jobs at first. And then was was there kind of like a moment when you thought, okay, well, I can do this full time. I don't I don't need to be teaching or doing other stuff. Yeah, so there was this awkward moment. I knew that I was going to be poor for about six months. So I used to get have dinner at the tempura tempura chain where you could get like a tempura bowl with a free as much tea, hot tea as you can drink <laughs> and a miso soup and some pickles which you sort of made from cabbage and that was 490 yen which is like five dollars and but, and I was really poor but I knew that if I just um, hung on for a few more months that things would work out because it was the excruciating to say no to work because I had a teaching shift and so yeah. I decided to give up teaching, and that was a, it. Was a scary six months, but it wasn't. Um, it was more sort of annoying, scary rather than. Um, so so yeah. So I knew that I knew that I was going to be okay, and and right. more than okay. But it right, was right, right. and being poor when you know that the good things are coming is is really doable. Sure, sure. Um, so I guess during that time you just kind of would always have enough to like, say, pay the basics. You would say, okay, well, I have enough for rent. I have enough, you know, to eat these unlimited. Yeah. 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 So yeah. you just kind of had that in the back of your mind. That's right. And I'd go and, to the pub and I'd not drink anything. I'd just drink water. Right. Happily, happily drink <laughs> water. <laughs> so during that time, I guess, um, what kind of jobs were you um, were available or what kind of jobs were you working in those? So I got my start teach, um, singing at weddings near Tokyo Disneyland at the Sheraton Hotel and you do about five or six a day and you, you'd end up with like $1,500, which is a fortune. Sure. Uh, you know, a fortune, that's probably what I'd get in a week or two weeks of work teaching English. And you get that in a day and then you do two days, Saturday and Sunday, and you're just like, oh, my God, I'm rich. So, um, and then because of my age, I was 30. I wasn't, no offence to people in their 20s, but let's face it, we, we know nothing, but we think we know everything. And I just did so many dumb things in my 20s. So by the time I hit 30, I was like, I think I have some sense. Of course, even when I was 30, I did massively dumb things like, uh, go to gigs with my dress in a garbage bag at the Four Seasons Hotel and wonder why was looking at me weirdly. So, yeah, learning as I go along. But um, 
I started singing at weddings and then I got someone said, Oh, are you free on Tuesday night? Oh, sure. For a TV commercial? Sure. I, I just said yes to anything. And I remember doing just singing 15 second jingle and getting in cash like $800 for 80,000 yen. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, the basics is that as long as you were clean, you didn't smell, you arrived on time and were polite. It was a pretty low bar, like I mean, and I, I know I'm a good singer, but I think <laughs> um, being being a responsible person, I just kept getting more recommendations and more work. So I started right. off TV commercial, singing at weddings, then TV commercials, and then singing. I think my first recording uh, was for a children's CD, and then I got started getting um, game and you know video game related work sure so do you think a lot of it kind of has to do with like connections and people you know or just kind of going to auditions putting yourself out there it was all about how well you, Derek Sivers talks about this a lot you know when you're starting out you just say yes to everything and you do a, a great job and then you know, sure, I'll sing at Ikea. I've sung at Ikea. Like, I never, oh, I'm not going to sing at Ikea. I'm like, yeah, I'll sing at Ikea. Mm. I'll, I said yes to everything. Um, and because you did a good job and you'd sing talking to the guys in the band and then here's, I'd ask them, oh, which agents do you like? So here in, in Tokyo, it's different to Australia or other countries. You, you have multiple agents. So the more agents you knew, and the more agents you could get your demo to, the more work you got. So for me, when I was starting out, I just wanted to who's who's you know good. Where's the where did you get that job? You know, can you introduce me to them? Sure. And that's how I yeah, it was networking. Every job was a networking opportunity. Right, right, right. Yeah, I I wanted to ask like, did you have uh, maybe like mentors or like role models when you were coming up, or maybe even in Australia? Did you kind of have people that you kind of looked up to and you thought you no. know? No, no, I did not. Um, when I, in my twenties, I was like a full-on Christian, so I looked up to Jesus, and also, um, and then I sort of got over that phase of my life. Um, so no, I did not. Maybe I'll come back. Have to come back to that. I'm like, oh my god, yes, there was this <laughs> person. But I remember I was teaching um, when I was teaching English at, at, at this Catholic high school. The, the 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 principal, when I quit, said, oh for God's sake, yeah, please go and be successful as a singer. I know that you're going to do great. We'll be fine. You're not letting us down. Just get out of Perth. Get get you know. And that was really was really nice and, I, and I've never forgotten his words. Sure. Graham Cooney was his name and, and I felt like, you know, that that meant not just me, I just, it wasn't just my dream but it was he could see it as well that I could be successful on a world stage and that meant a huge amount. Right. I guess, yeah. No one, one in my family was saying, for God's sake, go and be famous. Right, right. <laughs> Everyone was like, stay safe, be good. You're, you know, why would you want to do that? And mm. growing up in Perth is like a cult because it's such a great city. Everyone's like, why would you want to leave? It's mm. so beautiful. Look at the beach. It's like, and so why would you want to leave? Why right. would you want to leave? Right. So, right. Right. yeah, that, that took a lot to get out of 
So I guess in the same respect, like, did you have people who maybe like doubted that dream in the beginning then? Oh, I didn't need people because I doubted my dream for, mm. for decades. So mm. I think turning 30 was a huge thing for me where I finally could see that my life was uh, not infinite and could I forgive myself not trying to make it? And I think my 20s, I was like, oh, I want to be a good Christian. I want to be a good girl. I want to do good, good, good. I want to good, good. And I should this, should that, should go help babysit those people. And now I think my 30s, I thought, right, I'm done. I'm going to spend some time on me. Sure. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think I'm not sure, you know, if it's 30 for everyone or a certain age for everyone, but uh, I think some people, they get to that realization, right, where, okay, if I'm not going to do it now, then when am I going to do it, right? Yeah, and just even recently today, just this week, I think I really need to redo my goals because I think my goals are still too small. So um, I need to re. so many of my goals have come true, so I need to make bigger ones. I need to make a bigger vision. So, um, hmm, like, it, you know, you so that that's even now I'm thinking I'm as RuPaul says you know the only thing that's stopping you is what you think can think of or he, he says it in a better way but no. yeah is yeah, that so I'm I'm still in the process of imagining and I think it's a really difficult question for all humans to answer is what do I want mm. what do I really want yeah it's, is it's that a scary question. Is that like a process that you kind of review maybe say like every six months or like once a year you yeah, kind of have? A, yeah, yeah, I definitely do. I, um, I, I use this process called my primary aim. Um, you know, what, what's, what don't I like in my life? What do I like in my life? And I, I just reviewed it this week. But in doing that, I thought I need to even go bigger. But um, the process is what, you know, what am I not happy with? And then what what do I want my life to look like? And um, it's, it's it's work. So a lot of, oh, I think I'll just read a book. Or, oh, the cat vomited. Quick, I'm going to clean that up. You know, so sitting down and really being honest with yourself, like why, and then asking why. Why do you want to, you know, what is your perfect, just asking what does your perfect day look like? What are you doing in that perfect day? Right. It's, it's frightening. Right. So when you uh, when you readdressed that the other day, what, what did you see for some of these bigger goals? Okay, here's a, here's a funny thing. I've never I've never been on a private plane. I've never been on a private jet. I wonder what that's like. Mm. Why did Why don't I have that? I love flying business class. So why sure. don't I think about flying? In a private jet, sure. And it's my it's my own. I'm just limiting. Oh, I could never fly a private jet. Mm. Only rich people do that, and all like that. But no, at one stage I thought, who are those people at the very front of the pointy end of the plane, and why can't I sit up there? And oh, that looks good. And you know, just so now I fly business, and it's just sure. normal. Um, yeah. So, like, you know, now I'm. Um, 
And I think that that's just one thing that came to me. Uh, uh, I think I'd like to be involved in TV and movies, especially in LA and the Gold Coast. So, you know, how would I do that? And I'm in the process of, of I've written, I've commissioned a TV pilot, but like I just want to, there's Metal Gear movie coming up. So how, what do I need to do to be involved in the middle, new Metal Gear that Jordan Boat Roberts is, you know, right. what can I do to make that happen? Right. And rather than just wait and just think, um, well, he, he, he does know how to contact me, but yeah. So sure. just and, and vocalising that, saying I actually want that. Right. No, right. no, it's okay. I don't need to be in that. No, I want to be in it. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I know a practice for a lot of people, like you say, vocalizing it or getting it down, whether it's like a journal or you, ha- you have something like physical so you can see it and you've kind of materialized this. I know um, other people use kind of like visualization as another technique, um, but actually, you know, putting this down for yourself or, you know, other people to actually see it or have heard it mm. from you is mm. kind of taking it a step above just, you know, oh, it's a dream in my head. Let's see if it, yeah. you know, gets there someday, right? Yeah. Um, I wanted yeah. to touch back maybe to, I guess this could be some advice for people starting out or do you, do you think that um, formal training, like what, what was your training like uh, in terms uh, of singing or voice? training, or... <laughs> formal training. Uh. So, Actually, that's not true. I did have 10 years of lessons, but I paid for them myself and I did it while I was working, studying and working. So I started singing mm-hmm. lessons when I was 18 and I finished when I was 28. And I entered in Estedfords, which are like local, locally organised music competitions in Perth. Right. So, you know, I won the best promising talent of 1988 and, you know, the best musical comedy performance, first sure. prize. So, and, you know, that it was terrifying. I had diarrhea for two weeks beforehand and it was, you know, it, that, it, that, uh, that is that formal training that I didn't go to university to study music. And I know so many people who studied, went to the best universities and they don't do music anymore. Right. My guitarist in Australia, uh, John, John Fernandez, he went to what is called the, um, it's now uh, the West Australian Performing Arts. Hugh Jackman went there. It's very well known. He went there to study jazz. They crushed his soul. They crushed all the fun of music out of it. And I I had that experience when I was studying for my high school certificate uh, in Australia, like studying, do a compare and contrast with these two books, took all the fun out of it. Right. Knowing every freaking si- oh, that's a symbol. I just want to read the story. Does she get the guy in the end? <laughs> you know, and oh, and this simile and that metaphor. And I, I did well in English, but I thought I am done. I do, I do not want to know. Ooh, that was a really cool seventh major note that you hit there, Donna. Like when jazz people start doing it, I just tune out and look at a menu or you know <laughs> go to the toilet. It's like so bore- boring. So boring. I don't want. I don't want to know. It's like you're taking all the fun out of it. Right, right, right. And uh, so I don't read music. I can sort of follow the dots 
a little bit to help me when I'm listening to music. I oh, okay, the melody. But um, I, I've been a successful musician without uh, going to uni to study. I studied speech and drama at university and teaching. And, you know, you, you just teach yourself. I just ha- I was just having a really interesting chat yesterday for my podcast with a guy called August Galella, and he's, like, selling his paintings for millions of yen now, and he has no formal training sure. in painting. And they're really good paintings. So, you know, I'm really quite passionate about this because I think <clears throat> people, and I'm sure I've done this in my life, is like, oh, I couldn't do this. I couldn't start a business. I don't have a business degree. Oh, I couldn't. And they, right. so, you know, they put they yeah. put stoppers on themselves. And no, no job. <laughs> this is the other thing. Have I ever gone to a recording where someone says, so, which university did you graduate? And right. what mark did you get on your final paper for? No one keeps the stuff. They just want to, you're, you're, make a great demo or, or a portfolio or do good work now and, and that's what people, are, what did you just do last week? Um. And maybe if you're a legend like, I don't know, Diana Ross, you can just say, oh, just look me up on YouTube and you'll see that I'm a really good singer. Oh, yes, sorry, Mrs. Miss, Miss Ross. Yeah. But yeah. you don't need to go to a good school. No one gives us stuff. In fact, when people say, when I went to Harvard, or, you know, yeah. then there's like, then you become a walking joke. Like, wait till Donna mentions, like, within two minutes, we'll do a bet. I bet you she's going to mention when she went to Harvard. Yeah, you're within two minutes of the interview. So then you become one of those jokes. Yeah. Yeah. So you did. You did mention um, you did get some sort of coaching or some sort of like you're not discounting. Sorry, I've got some mint in my mouth. Oh. <laughs> you're you're not really discounting let's say like private coaching or like if someone thinks, okay, like I want to improve oh, my no, skill no. a lot. Oh no, no, no. I'm just talking, of, I'm talking about like, uh, uh, you know, going to uni type. Sure, sure, sure. So for coaching, um, I, you know, I'm always listening to Tim Ferriss podcasts. I'm, you know, read so many books, so many, I've read so many books. That's how I've learned like by my own mistakes and by reading about other people. Sure. Yeah, but I love I love um, coaching. I know I did this thing called the E Myth for business back in uh, I think 2010, a couple of years, and um, I learned a lot about how to run a business. I also got sued by an employee that I had employed, and she'd only been working for three and a half weeks on a part-time probationary contract and then she sued me because I fired her because she stunk. Sure. And that to me, that cost, I, I just saw the paper the other day from the court. It was, it was back in you know, 15 years ago. And that was 1.5 million yen she got. And I thought, okay, that's my business degree. Higher slow. Lesson learned. Right, 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 right. Um, I guess in terms of maybe improving your artistic craft, um, 
you know, whether it's like singing voice work or anything, really, um, would you kind of recommend like getting a mentor, getting a coach, or do you figure, you know, there's material online these days where you can kind of improve yourself? Well, the thing about singing, I feel very like, oh, like why, what's your goal? Is it so you can nail a great song at karaoke? I mean, there's all different reasons of why. And because of the experiences that I've I've heard of people having with really negative teachers where, well, I remember the, the first three years of my singing, I would just cry because it's mm. so frustrating. It's so frustrating when you, you know, can't, and do it again. No, you're flat, flat, you no, sharp. Yeah. No. And it's constant, when you're being coached, as a singer, you're constantly being in trouble. No, 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 no. So, no. It's like, and it's really, um, you have to really want it to be to improve. Now, and um, and at the time, that was just so I could sing in the step, but it wasn't like, I'm going to be a famous singer one day. It was just sort of like, this need to. But I've got this app, which if, if any singers are listening to it, I just love this app. I don't own it. I'm not going to earn any money. It's called Warm Me Up, and it costs, okay. it's quite expensive. It's about $12, but it's the best app for singing, for singers because you, male or female, low or high voice, you can just choose what your register is. And for people who are not singers, it doesn't matter if you can't sing high. That's Being able to sing high is not like doesn't mean you're a good singer. So if you've got just a low voice, that's wonderful. And uh, it, 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 it's, it's uh, you can choose how long you want to practice for, and it's a live person saying, think, giving you a, a, a little lesson, but they're not telling you, oh, you're flat there, but through repetition of these exercises, and the cool thing about the app, you never get bored like, oh, not the ABC exercise again because it's an algorithm that changes everything. Right. It's, it's really strengthened, keeps my uh, keeps my uh, diaphragm strengthened. It's fun. I can do it in the car, and I don't have to go to a less. I don't have to book a, a teacher. I don't have to. Uh, I just can keep my my craft improving without having a teacher, but. Yeah, so so it it depends. I feel like you know singing is such a. If you get a bad teacher, they'll ruin you. Mm. So uh, I don't know. Right. You, they right. could ruin you by saying James. Oh yes, James. Oh no. Oh, marvelous. So you just go out and think you're great, and you're absolutely crap. Right. Or they could, you could just you could have this most unique talent, which they particularly well actually. I'm a musical theatre expert, and in musical theatre, you don't use your mouth like that, James, and you need to sing like this, and you'll never they won't hear at the back of the theatre, and they'll just, like, <laughs> cross you because they want to put you into that box. So be, be, be very careful. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So that app is called Warm Me Up. Yeah. Okay. That's a good yeah, piece of... I, I love it. A little tip. Um, I think... Also, these days, you know, versus when you started out, um, you know, with the freedom for people to publish their own material, you know, go on the Internet, start a YouTube channel. Do you think these days it's easier to work as a professional or it's more difficult because there's so much 
out there, you know, I guess if you start, start, you started in the mid nineties, right. When Mm. there wasn't really a YouTube, there wasn't all these platforms to kind of Mm. get yourself heard or published. Do you, do you think it's more difficult these days or less? I think it's less difficult and mm-hmm. there's this this uh so when I put decided I'm gonna make my, my a CD, my own CD, and that was like nineteen ninety eight, you know, I had to go to someone's house to you know to record and you know, I had to book studios and whereas now every man and their dog, including me, has got a home studio. Of amazing quality, right? Um, and the the thing that hasn't changed is that why what the why? Why are you doing it? Is it because you can't help yourself? You just have to do this, or is it because you hate your life and you just have this fantasy that you're going to be famous? Is it because you just love? You just love making music and you don't care who watches it because it was such a cool the process. You love the process. Why? Why are you doing it? And um, my husband's a very interesting person because he's always said, I'm just semi-professional. He did not ever want to become a professional and throw everything into all of his chips into being – all I do is – He's a guitarist and mandolin player. So he, he always wanted to keep his writing going, his, his teaching jobs going. He just wanted to, you know, that sort of thing. So that makes him happy being at that level. Sure. Um, so why – so to answer your question, I think it's e- much easier now. Right. Much easier. Right, right, right. So I guess for you, um, what's – What's the answer to why why you're doing it and why you're singing and doing the voice work and well um why I love meeting fans I love um I like signing autographs that's really fun and just connecting and having a, a moment I love performing so for me my one of the most amazing experiences that I had is singing live and whether that's 50,000 people, whether it's 2,000 people, you know, 100 people and they're all that they're all listening to the story that you're making with this music, it's a thrill and uh, symphony, symphony orchestra is like one of the biggest thrills, like there's all this, this hum, harmonious emotion coming through your body and out into the auditorium and I just want to keep that. I want to do more of that. That num 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 fucker. You know, hit me up. I need more of that drug. (laughs) So at the moment I'm in the process of getting the right to perform a lot of the music that that made me famous with the symphony orchestra in my own concert, which is really, really exciting. Yeah. So um, I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of making that dream come true and I'm not waiting for a promoter to suddenly discover me. Um, I've, I've worked out that's my dream, doing Metal Gear in concert. It was like, why, don't, why am I only doing three songs? I want to sing more. You know, that's like, uh, I mean, I love the symphonic music as well, but it's like, wink, 
is it my turn? Can I can't? Can I can't? Can I can't? You know, I won't worry about it. So, yeah, being able to sing Glassy Sky with a symphonic arrangement and and have all the cosplayers come in cosplay that they're not in a comic con with a hard concrete floor. They've got nice plush seats. Oh, this is <laughs> this is nice. And have a really have a really great fun concert. That's that's what I'm working on at the moment. That's that's my why for now. Sure, sure, sure. I guess that kind of answers my next question a little bit. I mean, you've done a ton of different uh, work. You know, like you mentioned, um, the singing, the voice work, um, announcing songwriting, um, running the label, and you've got your uh, hotties company as Hotties. well. here we go. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. So like, yeah. is, is there one, is there one that you kind of feel most comfortable or like if you could exclusively be doing one thing, would you kind of stick to that? Or do you like the variety of being able to maybe, you know, do a game here, do a singing gig here, uh, run your company as well. Variety is the spice. Variety is the spice of life. Variety right. is so. I mean, and that's why I've got a lot of um, you know arrows in my quiver. Um, you know, when sometimes you're on tour and you there's not much to do between the, the sound check and the this and the you know. So it's nice to have an email pop up about hotties. Oh. We they want another container in Australia. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, or I might get some artwork. Like this artwork's wrong because it's too purple. And like to talk about, you know, first world first world problem. It should be pink like this, but they printed it purple. And you know, is that going to be a big problem? Can we still sell the product? Do consumers give us stuff? No, they don't. <laughs> that's okay. We can roll with this. Just having that and. You know, reading comments from people saying, wow, you know, I've got really terrible endometriosis and hotties helped me through. So um, I, I have to say singing, though, is singing is the ultimate for me because it is also acting. The acting is fun and I love doing that, but singing is, is acting and it's, it's just like magical out-of-body experience so i think if i could only do one thing it would be seen sure um i was listening to some of your work you know the past few days and being a big jazz fan myself uh i really connected with um the ganime ganime jazz how, oh, how did that you. kind of um how did that start up was that your idea or what are you a big jazz fan yourself as well or yeah i'm not well i like I don't listen to music much at all these days. So <clears throat> I've actually found a lot of musicians are the same. They, we, we just want to do it. We don't want to, it's too intense. So mm. if I put on the radio, I'm like, oh, I don't, oh, oh, that's, oh, oh, oh yeah, this, this channel's nice. Oh, oh, this song, no, no. So it's just, I can't relax. And when I go to get, well, in the, in the before times, so when we get a massage, they just turn the music off. I can't. You know, because my brain's just going to be like, oh, oh, oh. and um, it's too stimulating. Um, I forgot the question. Oh, uh, how the Ganyme Jazz Project? Oh, so Ganyme Jazz started. So I just wanted to put out there. I'm not like a jazz expert, or um, but I do, in Tokyo I've done lots of 
you know, being the vocalist for events where they want, you know, trad jazz. So just the, the basic hits of, you know, Fly Me to the Moon and stuff at, at, at Swanky openings and things. So um, I was at a very small jazz gig and the drummer in Takadana Baba and the drummer said, I'm a huge Metal Gear fan. And uh, his name was uh, Koji Ebisawa. And and he and he said you should do some, you should do Snake Eater you should do Snake Eater right now and I'm like the oldies have come I don't know Snake Eater like, yeah it's a great song so um we had a really really good connection and then I thought why not make a jazz band where we do jazz versions of all my game and anime hits and I don't have to wait for a symphony orchestra to um, you know, it's much easier to organise four musicians than eighty, and I, I can I can do this myself. Like I can I can so so with Koji's help, he found the other musicians, and yeah, that's how it was born. And then we, we did some great gigs. We, we had a wonderful uh, time in Malaysia where we went and sang all these the hits and. Like a thousand people, it was just like awesome. So, I hope to do more of that. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, you were kind of going through, you know, varieties, the spice of life, and you know, taking on new challenges. Is there something like a skill or something, either I guess in your professional or personal life, something that you've always wanted to learn or something new that you know you want to take on? Well, I. It's really annoying not being good at Japanese. Right. So this February I started doing the an app after having a humiliating experience. I thought I wanted to, to I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna join an online school and finally I've got the time to learn Japanese after being here for twenty five years and it was such a horrible interview with the lady and I felt so humiliated that I thought, stuff it. And um, so I found this this app sure. called Duolingo. So that's one skill I'd like to have and that, that I am working on. Um, I suppose I'm at the stage of my life where I'm just having a bit of a, a – uh, I'm trying not to do shoots. I should read this book. I should, should, should. I'm just – I think with COVID, I'm just like, you know, what do you want to do today, Donna? Mm. Um, and uh, you know, you, I, I don't know if other people felt. Oh, I just want to have a year off. I just want to. And COVID's provided us a year off. If only I had time to clean out the cupboards. Well, now you've got a whole year. Right, right, <laughs> oh, right. You can't leave your house. So uh, yeah. So that's something. Um, you know, when I hear I should, 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 should. I'm questioning that thought. But see, again, I'm at the stage of my career where I can do that. And and I have worked really hard and said, yes, sure, no problem, and just done so, worked so hard. So I don't want to be, you know, everyone has their time and season. And this season is, is sort of kicking back and reading. And so I, I don't think at this stage I'm very inspirational. It's not like I'm going to say, well, you know, I get up at six and then I, yeah. you know, carry a pack through the jungle and then, <laughs> then I work on my MBA. 
<laughs> so do you have like a do you have like a daily routine or like some some or do you just kind of take it as it goes or is there something that you're strict to i'm very um no i do have a daily routine and i wake up with, i don't sleep with an alarm i haven't slept with an alarm for uh, more than a decade so i just but i make i make myself go to bed at a certain stage of the night which would be around 10 30 i'm like okay time to get ready for bed and so i'd probably be asleep by 11 30 and i wake up between seven and eight depending on uh how i feel and usually around 7 30 and then i always have uh um, a green a sludgy green drink filled with minerals and disgusting uh and then a, a one boiled egg and a few cups of tea with the organic skin milk. And then at 9am I do yoga with my husband, usually 30 or 45 minutes. And I read, I read the Japan Times and New York Times, <clears throat> skim through the news. And then by about 10.30 I'm like, oh, I've, 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 and I do a bit of gardening or whatever. I think, okay, I'm ready to do, look at email. Sure. So... Then I have lunch around 12.30, um, have meet, a lot of meetings and things throughout the day, dinner around 7, maybe three nights a week I watch TV. The rest of the time I'll just read or you know, mooch around. So right. very, I, I, in a way I'm very uh, disciplined about, uh, just because I, have got all day free doesn't mean I'm just gonna like oh we'll do yoga whenever yeah 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 um in terms of um in terms of like creativity um like if you know you have something like that you want to get out maybe like songwriting or like you know you've got like a gig coming up maybe like practicing like how do you how do you kind of deal with um that side of it as well fitting that into the schedule yeah, so for concerts, I would be doing weights and I would be, um, well, again, normally I would be having a doing weight training at least two times a week because to get the physical, uh, you, need to, you need to be physically strong to sing Sins of the Father, let's face it. <laughs> that song's a bitch. And um, you don't want to have trembly legs. So, so I definitely would be, you know, upping my, and I'd be using warm up every day, only maybe 15, 20 minutes, and I'd be practicing songs. So when, before a gig, I'll be listening to my own songs and listening to them, remembering the lyrics, and, yeah, I really, uh, um, you know, I hate, you know, it's happened to me before, forgetting the lines, and it, it, it can, you can forget lines for a very valid reason which is that you're so emotionally invested in the song and that's like it's a good reason but it still means you forgot the lines. Mm. So um, I have to be careful about that. Sure, sure. Um, you mentioned like about maybe wanting to improve your Japanese ability, potentially like for people who might think, oh, I want to come to Japan and, you know, try singing or try to break into the industry. Would you say that like having a bass – of Japanese would help a lot, or if you're talented yeah, don't enough, you don't really. Yeah, let that stop you. 
Yeah, mm. no. No. If you're an asshole, you can be an asshole in your own language and never get any work. Sure. If you're a great person who's friendly, on time, appreciative, super talented, you're going to do well wherever you go. Sure. I, I, I strongly believe that. So if you're an arrogant, lazy person, I don't care how good your Japanese is. Japanese will work that out and they won't want to work. Right, right, right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So your your character or your personality is going to shine. Yeah, right, right, right. Nonverbal communication is 70% of the message. Right. So people are not listening to you perfectly Japanese. They're watching how you behave. Right. Yeah, I think that's some good advice. Um, I mean, you've had yeah an extremely extremely um great career here and you've done some pretty amazing things have you had uh maybe some like surreal moments throughout that time or like some moments where you kind of like maybe pinched yourself or your thought you know how did i get here many many times one of the times is 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 for i think it was it was kojima-san's birthday and it was also the 25th anniversary of Metal Gear Solid and Stan Lee had been invited and he was at the party and I performed When Heavens Divide um, at the Konami headquarters and and then there's this old guy with Donna, you know, and you must meet this bloke. Oh, yeah, it's, it's Stan Lee. I'm like, <laughs> oh, Stan Lee. I had no idea who he was and I'd seen a few Marvel movies, so it wasn't like I like I don't watch Marvel, darling. I just <laughs> had no clue. It wasn't like I, I you know, and it was and it was a couple of years later that um, I worked at that. That was Stanley you introduced to, and at the same party, which I could have stayed for hours and had the best time. I left it because I had improv practice. I had an improv practice that was at my held at my studio. So I left at this really cool party because, oh, time to practice improv. <laughs> and now I just pinch myself like, oh, my God. <sighs> That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've met some pretty famous people uh, just because of who of the jobs. And, yeah, it's, it's it's they're just normal people, but it's still, it's still like, oh, my God, I've done a bad performance and I'm sad as it. What's his face? Mark Hamill at the Game Awards. So yeah. Have there been have there been um maybe like moments on stage or like you know with the full orchestra, all the fans kind of looking out, where you kind of um had had those kind of moments as well. It's often just before I go on to sing "Sins of the Father," I cry a little bit. I'm Mm. so overwhelmed with gratefulness. And the music is just so powerful, and and I do think, oh my god, this is happening! This is happening! I'm really here, and the hair and makeup ladies made me look like a fucking goddess, <laughs> I, you know, like wow! And uh, and I'm just every cell in my body is zinging, and I'm just so like this is inc- this is like my peak experience. Sure. Yeah. Um, do you do you kind of like attribute a lot of this success to hard work or a bit of luck or like right circumstances or all, all of the above or? 
That's a great question. And um, I think, yes, yes, there's definitely serendipitous things like why Japan and why, you know, how, um, you know, I, I came here when I was really old, when I was 30, right? You think, wow, there's no way you can have a singing career. When did you start, you know, your career when you were 31? Please. So, but, and also, I, I think hard work is I'm never satisfied with the status quo. And I'm always thinking, how could I have done better? How, who, how can I do better? And, and especially for, for me as a, as a performer, and you're waiting for the phone to ring, how can I not wait for the phone? How can I make my own phone ring? Why am I waiting for permission to do a concert? Why not put my own band together and do my own concert? Why am I waiting for permission for someone to commission me to do a CD back in the day when people make it? I want to make my own bloody CD. And last year, um, working with this great guy, Swedish producer called Endigo, it's like, I'm just going to make my own tribute song. Oh, I'm going to make my own tribute song for Metal Gear Solid with Nick Buck. And I commissioned the Macedonian Orchestra and I paid $2,000 to get my song recorded so it would sound like a Hollywood movie track. You know, I, did I ask permission? No. And so that's the thing, like, why, who are you waiting, who do you think is going to give you permission? You need to give yourself permission and you need to take your power, and which is why I admire people on YouTube and all the creators out there because they're not, like in the old days, you're like, well, you have to get a record contract before you can get access to that record studio. And now it's like, no, you don't. Yeah. I guess that kind of leads into my next question, which is, um, you know, I'm sure our, most artists face this and I'm sure you have face this, um, the ideas of like self-doubt and kind of, you know, which is really part of the human condition, right? So like, how have you kind of dealt with, you mentioned some of the things you've done where, you know, you just take action. Um, how have you kind of dealt with uh, doubt in your career and like, what do you do to kind of keep pushing through that? Yeah, I think, I, I think I've battled with feeling like a victim that's in my own self-talk, like, oh, poor me, I don't have a good manager, poor me, my staff don't think get, you know, how to get more bums on seat when I do a jazz concert, poor me. So I, I, I battle with that, for sure, like a, um, a negative mindset. And um, then there's a danger that if you just walk around being grateful, then you won't take any action. So, yeah, I think... Hmm. I, I, I um, like if I think if some people are like how how come they're successful? If they're successful, I should I could be successful. Not I should be, but I can. Like I think Madonna's a really good example because Madonna physically she's not that such a great dancer. She's not such a great singer. Like if you look vocal vocally and, and she worked so hard to get to be able to sing that Vita role. Sure. So she's just really had a lot of perseverance and really put a lot of hard work into maximizing her talent. Right, right, right. So I guess one of the things is just 
hard work, right? Like if you, if you feel like maybe you're not good enough, what, what, what it takes is just keep plugging away. Keep. Yeah. Cause I do, there, there is, there is, uh, you want to find the balance between you don't want to be, Hey, I'm James. My singing teacher thinks I'm amazing. Right. And you're shit. Or hi, I'm James. I think I can sing, but no one wants to go yeah. to that concert. Yeah. No, I don't want to see uh, um, that. Uh, so, so you've got to have that balance of, um, and it also, you, I think it only got over imposter syndrome about five years ago. So you've got to be comfortable with feeling like an imposter. And like, oh, God, God, who am I to be here? And just be like, you know, everyone feels like this. Mm. Every movie star, when they first got to their first movie set, they yep. how the hell am I? I hope I don't stuff it up. And what if they find out I'm not that good? And just let that voice go and just be like, yep, yep. Sure. Um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, great advice. and. Um, definitely something to consider when you're, I mean, you've, you've had quite a long career and you continue like, have there been maybe some mistakes that you might've made in the past? And like, have there been things that you've been able to learn from those mistakes as you've kind of moved along? Don't hire people that you haven't had multiple interviews with. Uh, yeah, that was mm. the... <laughs> I think I've I've made a lot of hiring mistakes because I hired too quickly and um, I've, I've made mistakes where I've um, been doing too many things at once is something that uh, rather and rather than focus on one thing, I've just been focusing on the bodies and then there's bad music and then there's this. Oh, I think I'll put a studio. Oh, I think I'm going to fertilize the front more. Oh, you know, and just... Uh, you know, what is, you know, focus, really put some intent uh, on one thing and, and go for that rather than the throw the, the spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. Sure. You know, just throw one piece of spaghetti, spaghetti really hard yeah. and, and, and make it stick. Yeah. Would be my advice to myself. Sure. Um. I know, yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned before about one of the, your, one of your whys was your fans and connecting the fans. So I know you've done, you know, loads of concerts, live performances, you know, whether it be in Japan or around the world, right? With the Metal Gear Solid yeah. Live. Um, it, is there something like, what do you want people to feel after you're done with a concert? Is there like... Um, a connection or is there is there some emotion loved. i want to mm. yeah i want them to feel love i want them to feel my love and the other cast members love like the reason we're all gathered together is that we love something and and that and that they each fan matters because without that one person making that decision i'm going to Take my hard-earned money and my and my valuable time, and I'm going to commit to this event and show up. And sh I'm going to show up. And I, when I see people show up, I'm just so grateful. And I want to be. I want to acknowledge that. You know, if life's hard. It's tough. It's we're all tired for COVID. Okay? We're all tired and busy. And and so when people turn up, I'm I'm really like 
wow, thanks. Thank sure. you. Sure, I see sure. I see that effort, you know, it took effort and um it took effort to make that cosplay and practice and and um in a sense they're co creating because without them that you can't have the you can't have the concert or you can't have the it won't be not it won't be a success. So sure. we're all in agreement in this room and um that this this is experience is is this matters. I know these days it's really easy, well fairly easy, you know, to <laughs> connect with fans online, you know. I know for you, you've got Twitter, Instagram, you know, Facebook, YouTube. Um, how have you kind of like connected with fans maybe in the earlier days and then these days? Uh, what are, what do you, what have you done and what do you do to connect with some of your fans? Yeah, so I like to um, come out after the concert and sign things and, and for as long as it, it takes. Um, I really like reading people's comments on YouTube mm. and commenting on their comments, and that to me is it's it's commenting on the work. So that someone's come and seen the work and they've they've been moved enough to write something. And so it's not it's not Twitter is more like for me Twitter is more I put out a comment about my cats usually or the weather or where. It's not really about um, it's, it's not as it's just a bit more superficial, I think, than people coming onto YouTube and making comments. I really like reading the comments on YouTube. I'm not big on Instagram. I can't, and I'm not big on Facebook. And in fact, I don't have any notification. I think when we were communicating, right. I don't have any notifications on. So that the only reason I would go on. Um, Instagram or Twitter, so like, oh, I think oh, I'm on, on Instagram, and then when I'm when I'm on Instagram, I'm like, I don't get Instagram, so I quickly go off. So I just go on Instagram to see if anyone's messaged me, like Jordan Vote Roberts. That's his way of messaging. So I'm like, have you contacted me? No, I'm like that character in Veep. Has has POTUS? Is POTUS? <laughs> They're like, no. But yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm very much I stay off the I, I don't I'm not on social media. I just go on and post, have a look and then just go off. Sure. So um you don't really take as much value into like maybe like view counts or numbers or like um, you know, who's doing what, like things like that in that sense, right? Oh, I, I um, to, yeah, to me, it's like, it's work. And I don't, like, I, um, being on social media is work. But actually, that's not true. Because when I'm on YouTube looking at comments, that's fun. So that's not really work. But um, mm, what was the question again, James? Come on. Um, just if you point, take, James. like, if you, t if you, if you take much stock into, oh, you know, trying oh, to keep up with, you know. I, I, I don't see it. When you say trying to keep up, like, if people are going to like the photo of Archie licking his bum or not, <laughs> I kind of control that, you know. So um, I, I have a giggle. Like, I like to have a bit of a laugh. 
So right. do I keep up with I, who? Who? Who would I be keeping up with? I don't know right. who to, who I should be keeping up with. Right. I think yeah. Um, I think that's a good way to look at it. You know, you're only kind of concerned about what you're doing, not kind of watching. You know what someone else is doing, or you know this person has this many followers. Think, should I? Should I be watching? Who who should I be watching? James, right. I've been doing it all wrong. No. <laughs> Doesn't seem like <laughs> who it. Who are you watching, James? Doesn't <laughs> seem like it. Um, have you had moments like maybe, um, you know, before all the social media stuff, like connecting with fans, like on the street, like have you been recognized at times? Oh, Things it, like that. Um, once or twice. Um or three times, I, and it's sure. always to do with the Tokaido Shinkansen, <laughs> and someone saw me on a TV show in Japan, and um, it's really, I really love it. I, I'm not going to lie. I love it. When, when a shy, well, well, I'm shy. If I saw someone that, that I saw on TV, I'm like, oh, my God, they're on TV. So when someone does it to me, it, it like, oh, Shinkansen, I'm like, oh, thank you. So I, I love it. And I was like at Tokyo Midtown and I was just in Muji. It's, you know, I used to feel famous, more famous when I was a school teacher in Perth. I'd, I'd be paranoid to be at Myers or the local David Jones department school looking at, you know, half price undies. And I'd be loading my shoulder because one of the kids I teach might be right. seeing what bra I bought. I thought <laughs> you bought a pink bra, miss. So, yeah, that used to be, I used to think, oh my God, it's like being famous. Like Molly Galleria and, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, I had way more, you know, of that when I was in Perth. So you'd be welcome. You'd be welcome to much more, you know, anyone. Feel free to come up to you. and Feel free to come up, get out your phone. Let's do a video of me doing the shinky voice. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. (laughs) And I love it. Bring it on. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's. The best attitude to have i mean maybe for some of these you know superstars they may get a bit tired of it over time but um i think you know especially like you mentioned how important fans are if anyone wants something or you know photo to hear yeah, you just having a bit of a bit of a laugh bit of a yeah. giggle it's sure. you know it's not like we're going to go out and have to spend all afternoon together but yeah, right. just a couple of minutes having a that's good sure um, yeah, just a few more questions. Yeah, the time has gone by seemingly pretty quick. So thanks for yeah, doing this. Um, first one here is like, do you have any, you, you kind of mentioned like you set your goals recently. Um, do you have maybe like some passion projects? Like if you had, you know, unlimited budget or time or like do you have some things that you in in the back of your head where you just like that would be really cool to do um if i could ever you know get this amount of people together or get this team together that's something i've always wanted to do so as i mentioned before i'm actually doing that right now with the symphonic concert so i've got the support of the australian embassy um and you know i want to perhaps debut in perth with the west australian Symphony Orchestra. But, yeah, so that's something I'm, I work on every day. Sure. Um, and it's really, it's it's like watching popcorn pop. It's like I'm getting the, you know, Konami just came back to me saying that I could do these songs and it's really exciting. 
Right, right, right. Was that it's kind of... It's taken me three years to get to this point, though, so that's why it's really Oh, exciting. okay. Right, right, right. I, I was kind of wondering, like, um, how the rights work on stuff like that where oh, you're don't using... Oh, ask. Please, please. <laughs> yeah. It's such a boring right. topic. Oh. Right, right. It's, yeah, oh like you God. mentioned, three years. Okay. I need so, a paper bag so I can have <laughs> So it's Next. not easy. Okay. Well, I mean, as this is called the Inspirations Pod, um, I've got two more questions related to inspiration for you and that I ask every guest at the end. And so the first one is, what are like th- three things or maybe three people um, that have inspired you in your life or in your work um you know it can be someone growing up someone in japan or something that's really kind of inspired you to maybe sing or do the voice work or just in your life okay so there's three three people come to mind and that is hugh jackman and he's an australian who's very worked very hard. He's a really nice guy. He's got a fabulous wife, who's who's was also a famous actress. I find anything that he says, I just love Hugh Jackman. And I think no offense to Hugh and his talent, but I'm like, oh, Hugh Jackman could be successful <laughs> and have a massive like movie star career and Broadway stuff. Why? You know, sure, I, that's happening to me. Another person who I love is Celine Dion, and I. I just find any interview with her is um, hilarious. Like, like she's just she, and she's an odd choice because you think, well, she grew up famous as a singer, but she's she's not the uh, her actual energy and her her joy is what I admire. Like, yeah, she must have a really punishing schedule, and yet she just bubbles with the childlike. Fun and impishness, and yes, yeah, she's a high worker, but it looks like she's just really enjoying being on stage. Um, so I really admire that about her. I love Ryan Reynolds, and also his his frenemy thing with Hugh. I love that he is so doesn't take himself too seriously. Oh, what is it, Can- Canadians? Um, this is two Canadians, and I like that. He's also got a product, which I also have, like, Holly's heat pads, and he fogs aviated gin. And that's given me permission to sort of talk more freely about Holly's, actually, Hugh Jackman's laughing man coffee and whatever. And another person who I really love and who's broken down a lot of taboos for women and for people of, of, of a certain size is Melissa McCarthy. I love her, and I love her husband, Ben Falcon. And that is, he directs a lot of the movies. They get a lot of he gets a lot of shit. They just keep doing their thing. They keep making movies, and I can rely on a funny, light-hearted romp with Melissa McCarthy. I just love her, and I love the fact that they don't ask permission. They're just making, creating fun movies that people get a kick out of, and they're not trying to. They're not asking permission, they're just going out and doing it. Sure, it. sure. Yeah, I guess that's been a big thing in your career as well, right? Just kind of just doing it. Stop asking permission, stop right. waiting for permission. Right, right. I, I think that's great advice for a lot of people who kind of, you know, maybe they get stuck in their own head or they think, oh, I got to do this first, I got to do this first. Yeah. But 
just do it. Okay, Donna, last one for you. So what does it mean um, for you to be an inspiration or inspirational to others? Maybe someone, you know, watches one of your concerts or they, you know, listen to some of your voice work or they play a game and they're like, oh, that's, you know, Donna Burke. What, what does it mean for you to kind of inspire other people? Well, I love it. I used to be a school teacher for eight and a half years, which, which is to inspire kids to be the best version of themselves. I loved being a school teacher. I loved helping others. I love helping people have a laugh. I love doing improvised theatre. I love helping people cry when they come to a Metal Gear and concert. Or I love I love to see people just be themselves and uh, and also stand up for themselves and own what they love and and argue for what they love, especially in this I think the geek community and have that sort of I find I find a lot of my fans really inspiring. I find cosplayers inspiring. And so for me to be inspiring to others, it's, uh, it's like a two-way street. You know, it's just like, you know, I'm inspired by people who work at the convenience store. Like, wow, you know, that's, I wonder why they're here. I wonder how they're, how they're doing or I wonder what their story is. So, yeah, I, I, love, I love being in this position. I love being able to sing and um, stand up on stage. You know, actually, one thing I'm, I'm inspiring people for now is how old I am because I've had, look, she's older than my mum. <laughs> and uh, the other day, yeah, I, I, I think that's I, – I, I was at a Comic-Con in 2019 and I saw Barbara Eden from I Dream of Genie, and she, she was 87 years old. She had, like, this smoking hot body. I'm like, boom, 87, I'm going to be like Barbara Eden. So I think we're all doing it, you know, if you're a mum or you're a dad, you're inspiring your kids. So it, I'm not, I don't sound arrogant, like, oh, of course, I, I know I'm inspiring to others yeah. because I'm John the Bear. But, no, I think we're all in the process of being inspired or inspiring others, right? And it could be inspiring other other people not to do, not to be you. So you better be careful. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Very well put. Um, Donna Burke, I got to thank you one more time for coming on the show and oh, sharing your thoughts, your ideas for myself and for the listeners. Uh, I want to thank you just for, you know, putting yourself out there and for like following your passions and your dreams and for connecting with your many fans. Thanks, mate. Wow, that was awesome. So Happy finally, finally, um, is there any place, like you mentioned uh, briefly, your social media and your uh, different accounts, where can people kind of keep up with you? You got DonnaBurke.com, correct? Yeah, DonnaBurke. But mate, watch something on YouTube. Leave a comment. It's uh, DonnaBurke. Official is um, my channel on YouTube or on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at bb underscore singer underscore actor. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, Twitter, right? DB underscore singer underscore actor. I know you said you don't use Instagram too much, but I think that's... I don't look like official, yeah. Okay, yeah. I just don't get it. It keeps, keeps turning into a story and stuff, and then I'm like, ah! And I throw my phone away, so, yeah. And, and then um, you've got the Spotify, just search Donna Burke on Spotify, right? Yeah, Spotify, and uh, there's, on Facebook, Donna Burke Singer. Sure. Perfect. So I got to thank you once again for doing this, Donna, and wish wish you the best. Thanks, mate. And, and it's been an absolute joy talking to you. So thanks Cheers. for asking me. This was Donna Burke, and this is James Mallion with ADSR Inspirations. Until next time, stay inspired. If you want to hear more insightful and inspirational chats from people based in Japan and all over the world, make sure to follow us at adsrcollective.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at adsrcollective. Then listen to the pod on Spotify, Apple, Google, and more. Thanks again for taking the time to listen. Until next time, stay inspired.